Marcello, the ROI guy. And I'm April Morley, co-founder of Genius Drive and the Enterprise Value Collective. And welcome to the Value Coffee Talk podcast. This podcast is a service of the Enterprise Value Collective, a community for business value focused leaders and practitioners, and is sponsored by our value consultancy, Genius Drive. Our mission is to help accelerate and optimize the value articulation in each of your customer engagements and throughout the customer lifecycle. And to help us do that, I'm so happy to announce uh, Rui Miranda joining us today. Hi, Rui. Hi, Tom. Hi, April. Nice be being here with you. Absolutely. Rui is the global VP of value for Feedseye. They are a risk ops platform for providing end-to-end protection from fraud and financial crime to some of the world's largest banks, payment providers, and merchants as well. Uh, Rui is no stranger to value. I got to meet him when he was with Finastra, another fintech-oriented firm, where he led global value for that 10,000-person organization. And he's been in value for a long time uh, with Oracle. Uh, he was a consultant at Gartner, so a fellow Gartner veteran, Rui. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And Accenture as well. So, so nice to have you here with us today. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much for inviting me. Now, with your perspective, you know, we both have our fair share of gray hair there. I wanted to get a perspective from you on what you've seen change over the past several months, let's say 12 months, 18 months, that has increased the need for a value-based approach. Tom, to be honest, as you said, you and I have been a long time around. So I was around when was 2008 crisis. In some, in some aspects, it's not too different. Yeah. Um, on, on times on uncertainty, people think twice, three times. Uh, they are double checking. There are more compet- competing priorities, so value becomes more important. Because if uh, it's not your project, someone else's project will be able to position it better than you. So that's one of the of the areas. The other impact, and to be honest, is also not too different, is that uh, people sometimes get are a bit bolder. In these times, they, they take more radical actions they do not take because they have to cost cut costs. So you also need to understand and explain why consolidation, simplification, you know, adapting to new technology makes sense and they will look at you because in some cases they will actually be ready to take bigger decisions. Depends on the per- person, the position of the company, but you see both trends. So when it comes to the area of risk protection and security, it can be challenging to develop out a business case. Um, And some sales leaders don't think you can. So I'd be curious your perspective on quantifying the value. um, It's not easy to talk generally. I'll split between two types of risk that you can and how you do it. Some type of risk is more about insurance. When you, you have a solution about risk is there is a big, large event that could cost you 20 million, 50 million, and that's how we position risk. So for example, um, if you talk about corporate payments, they say they will not have a lot of fraud, but one fraud payment could be 25 million. In this case, it's a bit different approach. You need to explain there is that single event that could be damaging reputationally, and you need to go from that angle. Um, And that's one area. The other area, and that's uh, the area actually I, I work I focus more is the the, the everyday risk. Uh, so in today's world, I mean, you you 
we all know we all have digital lives. Uh, our, our identity is a digital identity. We don't go to a shop or to a bank, so they don't know us. They only know us as well as our digital identity. Digital identity is our document, is how we, uh, how we type in our mobile. Uh, this is our digital identity. So it, they, it's not just about risk, it's about friction. You have always, there is always a way to stop fraud uh, and stop risk, it's to stop everything. I mean, in the extreme, you know, you know, if I stop every single digital transaction, I always ask you to go to the branch. There is no fraud anymore, or at a much lower level. Um, the problem is friction. So one of the areas where the value is today is how can I actually defend my customers because they expect that without creating a friction that makes them not to want to be my customers anymore. Right? So if you have a bank, mobile, you love it for every two transactions, one of them, you need to ask for a SMS message. You need to go get a, a, a card matrix with a code. You, you'll look somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you'll say, why can I do this with Apple Pay? And then my bank asks me for so many verifications. So one of them is customer friction. How much business are you going to lose if you add friction? That's one. The, the second is agility, is innovation. Nowadays, financial services innovate at a pace that has never been seen. Uh, you went, to, you went, it's called, you, you see the trend with embedded finance. You want to consume financial service products without even going to the bank using multiple channels. So you need always to be innovating. You have real time payments, multiple payment schemes appearing, and that's continuous and banks need to be fast. So, so you cannot be fast if your number one worry is fraud and risk. So you, mm -hmm. you'll go slow by definition, you test it, you put, you put controls, internally is not accepted. That's where you see the value is. I, as a bank, as a financial institution, I'll be able to innovate at a completely different pace that, that, that we see. Third one is just fraud loss. Uh, and nowadays there is a huge trend in uh, the world has changed since the, the, the COVID because of the level of digitalization and Gen AI is just making that problem is a bigger fraud. I, I don't know if you, you have the perception fraud is an industry. So it means I could be in any country in the world and be attacking any other country in the world at a, at a large scale. So I could be attacking 10,000 people in a day, potentially. You know, I go to the dark web, I get IDs, passwords. So there is a lot I, I can do. Uh, there are people who sell scripts, how to call and create a scam. So which means it's at a level that has never been seen. A lot of the losses on the customer side, but regulators are changing. In the United Kingdom, you already see that. The European Union is starting with some regulation now on that. So actually banks have to lose. And then there is the reputational damage. Is you may not be the best defending if nobody's very good, because you could say there is nothing else I can do. The mm -hmm. moment one of your peers, competitors actually improves the game, you're going to damage your, your reputationally, you'll be damaged because they'll say, but they use the data, they can control, they can do it. Why have you not invested? Right. And that's where the areas of value. There is a, a last one that we have all seen every time we see platform uh, plays in, in the technology industry is about consolidation simplification. Mm -hmm. and fraud, I mean, most of the large banks has evolved with every product has their own silo, their own solution, they don't patch together. So costs uh, overlap and it's very costly and we can still actually reduce a lot, not just on IT costs, as operational costs. Some of the banks we work with have thousands of people handling operations on compliance and risk. 
So if you can be more effective and use technology and use AI machine learning in our case, you, you are talking about hundreds of people potentially that you're going to, to save. Yeah. Sales leaders pay attention to what Rui just outlined there. <clears throat> there are many that say, as April said, security doesn't have a business case. Um, Rui, that was like eight different dimensions I took notes on <laughs> of value that you deliver at Feeds AI and many solutions are similar in terms of kind of what they're covering or at least, you know, adjacent in markets. Um, you know, whether it be that big risk, you're trying to avoid that risk event, um, fraud, friction, agility, regulation, reputation, the whole TCO and consolidation and simplification. There are yeah. many dimensions. What I'd say is that how many buyers you meet with are going to know all those dimensions that they should be considering with with you at Feeds mm -hmm. AI. I mean, they may yeah. maybe calling you to the table because a competitor has stepped up with a solution, or perhaps they've got a simplification or consolidation challenge. But I doubt they know all these different dimensions of value, right? Right, is exactly that. Um, <clears throat> that's why it's, it's so important when you go to market. In our case, is critical that everybody is able to understand into position to the different stakeholders. If you go just to the head of operations, fraud operations, you'll think about people. If you go to the head of fraud, you'll probably think about the fraud number. If you go to the head of digital bank or retail bank, then it's going to start thinking about friction, innovation, revenue loss. Experience. So you, you are changing the game. I usually, I mean, in my previous lives, I used to, 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 to go to market with customer experience solutions. And I, I'm aware of, the hundreds of millions banks spend on that. And what I usually say is, look, you could spend 200 million tomorrow, the best customer experience, but if you don't have the right platform that gives trust to the interactions, you are going to under-deliver because you're going to put friction. So it's mm -hmm. great what you have. The problem is that you don't trust the interactions. It's a question of trust, right? And that's why it's so important because if you get narrowed and you don't understand all the value impact that a solution like ours has, you, you are narrowing your value immediately. Mm -hmm. you, you, are become, you are reducing your relevancy. That, that's, that's, yeah. that's what you see. Right? And that's the impact is I, 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 I tend to say to people, don't think about value as a ROI because usually buyers also, when they start buying, they don't start by ROI. They, their mm -hmm. value is more about operational metrics, KPIs, main objectives. Absolutely. At the end of the cycle, they will think, right, now I need, if I'm going to spend... 10 million, I need to defend the value. Why am I going to have it? But at the end, it's about key business drivers. And what we see in today's, in today's world is either you connect yourself with the big trends, like great customer experience, or with the small ones, like operational improvements. And, and mm -hmm. that's where uh, if you have really a notion of the value on a very comprehensive way, it makes a, a big difference. So you talked about a few of the dimensions on how you calculate the risk and the, the potential cost. Um, I'm curious when you go to present it to your customers or your prospects, how do you build credibility around your business case? Yeah, look, it's, um, it depends a bit on the sales cycle, the type of interactions we have. We have customer case studies that we use is one. Um, but in reality, the best way I found, I found in the past, I still found today, is a, a, a good indication that is versus to be. So people mm -hmm. may, may not believe your numbers, but they understand capabilities. 
So they may not believe it's a 50% improvement, but when you tell them you are using five data points to take a decision, it takes you two weeks to change your strategy instead of you are using 500 data points to take a decision, it takes one day to, to adapt your strategy. Immediately, people go back to their experience, some, some anecdotal evidence of what happened last week, three weeks ago, and they know, if I would have been able to do this, clearly that would have been. Mm-hmm. Then they can adjust the numbers and they can think about it. I usually say, look, the number is, is always where you start. It's a bit, uh, is open for discussion it's because it's based on outside in, on, on benchmarks, but as is versus to be never, never miss. If people understand what they are going to be able to do in a new, in, in a new platform compared to what they did today, they will get it. Yeah. So not necessarily the dollars and cents, but the, the key measurements, the key kind of inputs that you're able to, to kind of adjust. I love that. When it comes to sellers, we have a challenge as well in trying to get them to understand the value approach, adopt it. Um, how was it for you at, at Feeds AI? Where, where was the team coming from? And what well, was know, challenging yeah. was, yes, what was challenging when, it, look, we are uh, a company that is very proud of our technology, mm-hmm. but usually with that comes people like to talk about technology goes together. So we have an impressive, I mean, it's really impressed technology. So you, you, you probably believe the moment the customer understands my technology, yeah. it's going to be an easy decision. Yeah. Where can I sign? So that's right? I, exactly. And, and the, the problem with that is, is true. Some people will be, but we know the higher you go in an organization, the less they'll be able to relate to that. Mm-hmm. They will not be able to understand what we're talking. They will not be able to understand how the different AI algorithms are going to make it. Machine learning algorithms are going to make a difference. So it's not going to work. So there is a challenge to transform that into impact and business impact, operational impact. So when we say we can do real time profiling of any customer, even if you have 20 million customers, it seems great technology. I cannot tell you, but yeah. okay, just say, so what? But if I tell you, it means that I know if you usually make one transfer a day and you have five in the last five minutes in real time, I'm going to, 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 to be estimating that and I can block the next transaction. So then, then you start to talk about impact. And so it's always challenging. I think it's challenging in some very often for the good reason, because you have a good product you want to talk about and show it. But is 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 still challenging. It's also challenging in our case. I don't think we are the only ones, but in our case, in what we do, we have a very diverse set of stakeholders. So you could be talking deeply with data scientists, <clears throat> you could talk with IT engineers, architects, chief risk officer, head of digital. And if you if you start in one of these pockets, you start to talk that their language and you believe they like what they like. They kept saying this was great, right? And these, sometimes you need to make the jump that the ones who like it are not necessarily the ones who buy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so, where you need to, to create that, 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 that bridge. And that's where value and business impact is, is a way, basically, I call it internally when I, I had to, to do the change management, I say we are translators, basically. What we do is we translate to a language that people understand. What you're saying, you know, so is is you you believe you're talking the same language, everybody's talking English, but you're not, and we need to translate that. Love that. Um, 
And so how does that flow through the customer journey? So, you know, this is the pre-sales um, conversation and, and once the, the deal is signed and customer success comes into play, how do they, how do they focus on realized value? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. Um, actually, I, I, I started in Feedzai. One of the areas was value. I was also doing enablement. And, and afterwards, uh, more recently, I also took over all the customer success management. That's why I call the full customer value approach. So it's not just how you position value, how you generate value adoption, how you generate value discussions. Our approach is that we call it in the handover phase. So I'll go back to my past experience. In the past, everybody said oh, it would be great to go back to customers and go back to the business case we did when we sold. We go back two years and I'm sure they want to see it. My experience actually was the opposite. For people don't want to look backwards. Okay, we took a decision. Unless someone asked them, let's prove it, they go, but it was more an exception. So the idea is not so much look backwards. Was this the right decision? You know, people already took the decision. So they, you know, they just want to make the decision work. That, that's the principle afterwards. It's about the realization of that value. So we, what we do is we have a handover phase. We saw sometimes there was more value discussion, sometimes less, but you all start. What's the operational objectives? What are we trying to, to achieve? That has a, a benefit for us, FeedZai, because it also helps our teams to understand what's the North Star for that customer. Because I mean, everybody who has been involved in, in, in large technology projects or even in small ones, you know, there is always a gap between the objective and when you go to execution phase, where scope creep starts and many things are, are required and we need to also to do this to that. So what we learn is this is a North Star. We know what, what is important or not, and we can actually have a discussion based on that with customer. Instead of the contract says this is out, we go with this was not is not what's going to make the most impact. It's not that we can take it, but not necessarily now. The other the other big benefit it helps us to maintain connected with the buyer. Again, sometimes the buyer buys, he took a decision, he goes back lower in the, in, in the hierarchy to execution mode. If you go back to projects, problems, technology, upgrade, whatever, he's saying my people can take care of that. But what you want is to maintain the focus on that, on those metrics, on those objectives. Mm -hmm. This was all about friction. This was about TCO. This was about mm -hmm. uh, fraud levels. This was about acceptance rate on transactions. These were the five things we were looking at, and you maintain that. So it's not necessarily the ROI, though, of course, in the back of people's mind is always that, okay, I can see we pay a million. I can see we detect 3 million fraud. So they, they quickly back off the envelope type of calculation. But the objective is more adoption. Is this generates value. My, if my objectives change, I have an, now I'm going to align with them. And that's what we, how, the way we use it um, is, a, again, is, is, some, is, a, is a challenge. You need to elevate people to translate to this, to this language from project execution to, to, to the value realization plan, but it, it's very effective. Yeah. Rui, I think you're spot on. We've, in the past, we've implemented models that went very formally back to that original business case and tried to match against it. We found that a lot of customers didn't want to go through that, the end customers. You know, the value consultants wanted to take them through it, but the customers themselves didn't need that level of detail because, as you said, it was almost a way of looking back. So I think you can take a simpler approach. Uh, we like to use the acronym GROW to describe it, but there are other acronyms and models. So goals, making sure you're aligned on the goals that you're going to implement. Reflection, 
make sure it's got the adoption and there's nothing getting in the way of the project outcomes so that you are quantifying outcomes. But it almost comes down to what you said, which is, are you having the impact on the KPIs? Maybe more so than even the dollar impact. And you don't have to go all the way back to the granularity that you did in that original case. And then an important one that we found too was the W, which is wins, which is the subjective feedback from team members who now can do something bigger and better, who um, wound up uncovering something and and got a huge benefit from it. And so those testimonials become very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we see and that now a lot you, in our, in our yeah. case. Yeah. Are you doing um, quarterly business reviews now that are much more focused on those kind of elements or are they yes. still so that's exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly the objective. We bring this during the, the quarterly biz, business reviews. Uh, I mean, depending on the customer, some quarterly business reviews can be extensive, you know, but at least we try to have a slot in that that is more dedicated to that. So you, you yeah. can bring the Steve sponsor, the Steve team from the customer side probably they they may not be interested in staying for one or two days if that's the case in that in that specific customer but that's the part they they will want and it also will help us shape everything on on the session so that that's exactly mm-hmm. what we do today so what is the one piece of advice you'd like to leave the enterprise value collective with today <laughs> Look, um if I need to give one piece of advice, it's never underestimate change management. Uh, mm. It's not about being the smartest, the best idea, the perfect business case. Um, you, you, you are actually creating, you need to create followers and doers in the organization. You, you know, the value practitioner is not going to be in every meeting, in every session. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen many case failing because the value perspective was critical and well-placed and well-positioned and to the right person. But then when you get into demo, POC, whatever, was was gone. That that was not covered anymore. Uh, and and so my my learning has been over the years, don't don't, don't underestimate change management. I mean, just take it. It's it's 50% of your job. Uh, it's uh, it's where you win as as a team and your buyers will understand it very quickly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Value Coffee Talk podcast, Rui. Thanks, April. Thanks, Tom. It was great to be here. Such great feedback and input. Please sign up for the Enterprise Value Collective. Uh, you can do that on LinkedIn or on our GeniusDrive.com website. That'll enable you to stay in touch with us on the latest events, tools, insights, Um, Also, if you like the podcast, hit like so we can increase our rankings and get to more folks. Subscribe so you know when the latest episodes are released. We're doing that at least weekly at this point, uh, and we're having a great time doing it. So until next time, our Enterprise Value Collective, keep sharing and growing together.